Okay, well, let me start all over. As I had initially said, we're in the process of making some changes, and those changes have uh, called for us to do some different things um, to enhance the viewing pleasure um, so that things are a little bit more interactive for you. And as we're working through this, we have to still get some things in order. So I, I apologize in advance, ask you to bear with us. I, I was saying a bunch of stuff, you obviously couldn't hear it. Um, I believe that you can hear me now, so I thank the Lord for you. Again, as I was saying, we were uh, saluting our sister churches in Kenya, um, Pastor Majero and Bishop Ogoa there, and we were soliciting your help to minister to their need. Uh, they're right now in their growing season, and we have sent finances to them to uh, purchase seed and to help them in the planting of that seed, uh, but there's still much more that is needed to cultivate the growth, such as manure and workers, to go into the fields that the seed has been planted that they might be able to draw the harvest back. So I'm asking uh, if you can and will, if the Lord purposes in your heart please send finances uh, to the ministry that we might be able to send to them. And if you do, later on in the broadcast, you'll see a uh, screen come up that will point to you how to donate uh, finances to this ministry. Uh, if you do donate specific to the work in Kenya, we ask that you just make a note in your donation that this is for the, the Kenya mission. And we will take 100% of those proceeds and use them towards helping them uh, with the varying things that they need to do. Um, besides the, the feeding of the people and the children there, uh, there is a desire to build a work, to build a temple uh, in, in two different locations so that they might have a better place to worship. Um, their conditions are not like we enjoy here in America. Uh, when I say they have dirt as their floor, that's exactly what I mean. The earth is their floor, and they've built temporary structures that um, partially cover and help them to gather uh, in some uh, sense of safety from the weather, uh, but things could be much better. God has blessed this nation, and if he has blessed you, I'm asking that you be a blessing to them and help us in this regard. With that being said, we're also involved in uh, Operation Christmas Child, and um, this is the last week we have to gather boxes. Now, we some people have responded, and they've uh, sent finances and asked us to go shop for them. My wife really enjoyed that. Thank you very much to those that were able to do that. You put a great smile on her face as she was sending uh, or going out to a shop to fill the uh, boxes. She loves to shop. So if that's what you would like her to do for you this week, we ask that you forward those funds and that you just earmark them, uh, Operation Christmas Child, and she will go out and she will uh, pack some shoe boxes for you. Yeah, if you don't want to do that, but you want to help us with the postage of sending these shoe boxes, then I ask that you, whatever the Lord, again, purposes in your heart, that you send those finances to us and just earmark them for Operation Christmas Child postage. It costs $10 per box shoe box that's filled with uh, um, items for uh, the children that will receive them 
it's $10 a box. So whatever you can send to help us, that would be a tremendous blessing. But we need it this week. This is the last week we have before all these boxes have to be um, given over to the Operation Christmas Child Collection Points here in the city of Columbus. And they'll be shipped from there to their varying places around the world. So it, this is definitely an opportunity for us to minister God's grace to the world. And I encourage you to invest in it, to be a part of what God is doing. So I thank you in advance for you responding uh, to this. I'm excited about what God has shared with me. We're still um, recovering as a sense uh, in our body from uh, last Sunday. The Lord was heavy upon us and we were in Ironton, Ohio at New Jerusalem Christian Center where uh, Bishop Isaac Glover is the pastor. We thank God for the opportunity uh, to minister his word there, the fellowship of the saints. We had an, an amazing time with them and in the presence of God. God was truly in the house and we're excited about it. And if you want to be um, in the house the next time we come together, that will be December the 4th at 4 p.m. We'll be down there and uh, we'll be bringing the word of God again there. And we're excited about that and looking forward to it. So we encourage you to come and be a part of what God is doing. On your screen here in a second, you should be seeing a passage of scripture. And this passage of scripture that I will read for you will be the foundational scripture for today's lesson. It's going to come out of 1 John 1, 1 through 7. And it's going to read like this from the King James Version. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon and our hands have handled of the word of life for the life was manifested and we have seen it and bear witness and show unto you that eternal life which was with the father and was manifest unto us that which we have seen and heard declare we unto you that ye also may have fellowship with us and truly our fellowship is with the father and with his son Jesus Christ and these things write we unto you, that your joy may be full. This then is the message which we have heard of him and declared unto you, that God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Now, this passage of scripture starts out by talking about eternal life. And from this eternal life, we see the divine fellowship that is connected or born from this eternal life. And with this divine fellowship brings in the light, which is God himself. So what we are being introduced to here is life itself and the fellowship of that life and the light of that life. And I want to talk to you today kind of from the topic, the fellowship of life and peace. You should be seeing a second scripture uh, coming across your screen now. It'll be coming out of the book of Romans, the eighth chapter, 
and the sixth verse. I'll be reading from the King James Version. And the word says this, For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Now this verse speaks of death as well as life and peace. And we must realize that either death or life and peace as mentioned in the text are something that we can sense deeply within us. If we couldn't, how could we know that we have this death or that we have the life and peace that scripture talks about? We have been designed by God to experience these things in our senses. And we know that we have death or that we have life and peace by the power of our senses within us. Now, the word sense does not occur in this text, but it is clear that when we set our mind on the flesh, we know death. And the only way to know it is because we sense it or we feel it. We experience it. And on the other hand, when we set our mind on the spirit, we know life and peace also due to the power and the process of our ability to sense things, to interact with things in life. So there is an inner sense of life that's being detailed in this verse. It initially appears that this verse has nothing to do with 1 John, but in the reality, the spirit is very much related to the first chapter of 1 John. In 1 John 1, there is the fellowship of life. And in Romans 8 and 6, there is the sense or the experience of the life that is being talked about in 1 John. Now, last week, I showed you that the law of life and the anointing are among the riches of resurrection. The power and the process of resurrection uh, not to come but that have already begun working uh, in us, causing us to become new creations born after Christ Jesus. We experience the riches of that power, uh, the riches of that process. So we also have God himself, which is the divine life, which is Christ in the spirit through the Holy Ghost and the divine nature uh, as riches uh, that we receive through the power of our resurrection that is working in us now. Now, these that I've identified to you are really the five, five main uh, riches that we receive through the process of resurrection. And as those uh, in the new creation, we have the position and full right to enjoy them. All the riches of the power of resurrection are for us to enjoy, to experience, and to use. We have the right. We're now in the right position. Um, you may have heard it said uh, that we are in right standing with God, and because we are in right standing with, with God, we have the right to enjoy the riches of our standing in him. So upon the foundation of the new creation, we can experience full resurrection, which includes God as our portion, Christ as our life, the divine nature, the law of life, and the inner anointing working in and through us. So consider then how rich truly these things are. 
People are scrambling to win uh, the over billion dollar lottery right now in the state of Ohio. And we as new creations in the power of Christ have wealth beyond what can even be measured. Day by day, we are enjoying these five riches through the power of resurrection alive in us, whether we realize it or not. Even as a newborn child of God, we enjoy these riches and live by these riches each and every day. And it come, it, 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 there comes a point in time in our life where we have to begin to realize who we are, what we are, and where God is taking us. So I want to talk to you briefly about the fellowship of life. So from the riches of God himself, that's the divine life, the divine nature, and the law of life, and the inner anointing, there are two other items that connect, uh, that uh, are, are flowing from the riches of the power of resurrection, and that is the fellowship of life and the sense of life. And these are the things that I want to kind of focus on today while I take up just a, a little bit of your time this morning. Now, these are, in essence, products of the riches of resurrection. The eternal life brings a divine fellowship between us and God. And when we have Christ as life in the spirit, we have fellowship with that life. And the fellowship of life is like the current of blood, the current of blood that's running in and uh, around our body. The blood in our body is life moving through our body. I want you to begin to imagine for yourself and visualize the, the current of blood that's flowing through your veins right now. If the blood does not flow, life cannot flow. If the blood stops flowing, you cease to live. The blood has to flow for you to enjoy life in your natural body. So the blood in our body, in essence, is life itself moving through our body, touching every aspect of our body and causing every function of our body to function. Our body contains, or if our body contains no blood, then there is no life because life is in the blood. You ought to put that in the comment section. Life is in the blood. Now there is also the current of the blood that's in the body and through the current of blood all the negative elements uh, are eliminated from the body and nourishment is transmitted to every part of the body. So the the process of the current of the blood that's flowing through our body is twofold. One, it brings life or it brings that which is necessary to nourish and to enhance and to inspire life within the body. And it also removes every negative thing from the body. It's designed to take the waste that is created in the body and remove it from the body. Now, day by day, the current of blood is carrying away the waste products and carrying the supply of nourishment to every member or every part of the body. Now, the current of blood continually fulfills these two very specific functions. Negatively, it washes the members or the parts of the body and carries away the refuse. And positively, it supplies 
health and brings all necessary nutrient to the body so that the body can live. And I want you to begin to just visualize that in correlation to how the life of God then is flowing through the body, both our body and then the multiple bodies that make up the members of the body of Christ. So is then the fellowship with God life to us? So as the blood is life, so our spiritual blood is Christ in the spirit as our life. So with Christ, our spiritual blood, as our life, there is uh, this current of life flowing in us. And Christ as our life is flowing within us all the time, just as the current of blood is continually flowing in the body. And this flowing of life is the fellowship of life itself. And it is by this flowing of life, this fellowship of life, that all the riches of Christ are carried to us, are uh, brought in and through us. This continual flowing of the riches of Christ meets our need of nourishment on the positive side and our need of cleansing and discharge on the negative side. You ought to put in the comment section, Christ is life within me. Christ is life within me. Now, only the medical profession can tell us how much nourishment and waste has been daily affected by this current of blood flowing in our body. And in a similar sense, the fellowship of life is the flowing current of the eternal life, which is Christ Jesus in us. Let me give you another example. Consider the light bulb. Uh, I, I like light bulbs because they bring light and I don't really like being in darkness. My, my wife would like to turn out the lights and then I go behind her and I turn them back on and she fusses at me about the electric bill. We want to keep the electric bill, you got to keep the, the lights down. You're not in that room. And I say, but I don't like dark places in my house, so I'm turning it on. I don't care about the electric bill until it comes. Then I care about it. But that's a story for another day. But let's just picture in your mind a light bulb. The current of electricity to the bulb is registered at the meter. And if the current is stopped at the meter, no light will appear in the light bulb. Uh, some of us may know this as they cut your electricity off. I think we can all relate to that. Yeah, I can be, I'll be very clear with you. There have been times in my life where I did not properly manage that which God gave me and stuff got cut off. And I learned quickly that hallelujah is good in the house, but it doesn't, you know, affect the electric company. Again, story for another day. So all the functions of electricity depend on the current or the flow of that electricity in any given thing. So when the current of electricity is turned off, the function of the bulb to give light ceases. Now some of you right now just said, aha, I see where he's going. Well, as unbelievers, before we were saved, we did not have this flowing current moving in and through us. I remember my own experience very well before I was saved. I know this may come as a shock to you, but I, I was not born speaking in tongues. I was not born casting out devils. I was born in sin and shaped in iniquity just like everybody else. 
And before I was saved, I did not have the living feeling flowing within me. But since the time that I became saved, since the time that I acknowledged the Lord as the head of my life, and in essence, the power of my life, the more I have loved the Lord and reached out to the Lord and lived for the Lord, the more I have sensed something within me flowing and flowing and flowing and moving and changing and removing that which is not good and supplying me with that which is good. Now this that I was feeling is the current of life or the fellowship of life sensed in my senses. So the eternal life which is the son of God himself becomes real and it becomes substantial not just externally but internally. I sense the presence of God functioning in and through me. It can even be heard and seen, touched and handled, declared and preached. This is what 1 John 1, 1 through 3 tells us. If you remember at the beginning of today, I shared this with you. So since we have received this life, we have the fellowship or the current of life flowing in us. And through this fellowship of life, it is very easy for us to be brought into the very presence of God. So that's just a brief uh, understanding of the fellowship of life. But some of you may be, may be thinking to yourself, well, I understand what you're saying about the fellowship or the very presence of life. And, and, and I hear what you're saying. You felt it, but I don't really know if I have felt it or what I'm feeling. So let me just focus briefly on the sense of life. How can we know then when we are in the presence of God? Well, God is light. And when we are in the presence of God, we should be able, we are in the right place to legally perceive the sense of light. Not only do we sense the inner flowing, but we also uh, enjoy the inner shining of the light of God, which comes only through the fellowship of life itself. Now, this is not a doctrine, uh, but an explanation of our experience. If we cannot say amen to these experiences, then I'm afraid there is something wrong with us. This is exactly what we should have experienced since the day of our salvation. And although we may not have been able to explain it, Allow me to repeat myself. Something within us is moving and flowing. And when we are in the flow, we are simply in the presence of God. Then we have the shining of God's glory within us, the very essence of his light. And everything then becomes light within us. We are clear about all things, whether this is right or whether it is wrong. Whether this is the will of God or it's the will of man or the will of self. Whether this is something that's connected to death or it's something that's connected to life. All things are made clear by this inner sense which some of us might refer to as our intuition. We would have a feeling that what I'm uh, doing is not the right thing for me to do. 
It's not really in, uh, intuition. It is a sense that is functioning on the inside of you because of the presence of God's light in you. God's light, his glory, the reflection of his will and his purpose for your existence. The sense of life, therefore, is uh, very much related to the fellowship of life that's flowing in us. And the fellowship of life helps us to realize the sense of life by bringing us into the presence of God where we can enjoy the glory of God's light bursting forth out of us. You have to remember, we are the reflection of God. God's purpose was for us to carry his glory into the world. We talk about we are the crowning jewel of God's creation. The very thing what is a jewel's purpose a, a jewel's purpose is to reflect light when do jewels look the best they look the best when light is shined on them a diamond in the dark does not look as good as a diamond in the light when you see a diamond with light shining on it you see a myriad of color and reflection that causes it to become extremely beautiful and visually captivating and this is what God has caused us to be because of the shining of his glory on the inside of us I'm really trying not to preach. I just want to teach you this. But I feel the very flow of God moving in and through me that I'm so excited because his glory is alive in me. And this shining makes us clear about everything in life. You see... This light, it penetrates into every corner, in every avenue of our being, bringing to us a very tender and keen sense of life itself. A slight mistake is uh, immediately detected by our senses. And the more we have the flowing of life, the more we are in the presence of God, the more the shining of God's glory will be experienced. The more we experience this light shining on the inside of us, the more we will realize a keen and tender sense or experience of that very light in us and it is by this sense that we can know God it is by this sense that we can understand his will it is by this sense that we can function in his way you see this sense searches and tests everything on the inside of us and furthermore this inward sense of life always depends upon the level of our uh, always de uh, uh, de it depends upon the level of our uh, relationship our inward relationship with the Lord so when we set our mind on the flesh as pointed out in Romans 8 and 6 we are simply setting uh, the self uh, on the flesh we are functioning according to the power of the flesh the light of the flesh and I'm here to tell you there's not much light in the flesh and to set the mind on the flesh means that our self is cooperating with the flesh and if we cooperate with the flesh our relationship with God of course then becomes wrong and remember the three parts of the body that we are the the three parts of uh, the creation of man that I 
talked about just a couple months ago. The flesh is the body changed in nature through the corruption of Satan. The mind is in the soul representing our human being or uh, ourself. And the triunity of God dwells in the spirit. The mind which is located between the flesh and the spirit has the possibility of moving in either direction. You see, it is in the mind where the power of choice is exercised. Never forget Romans 8 and 6. It is one of the most important verses in the Bible. In a sense, it's even more important than that of John 3.16. If we only remember John 3.16 and we forget about Romans 8 and 6, we are poorly saved believers. We could never be victorious in our Christian journey. John 3.16 is adequate for us to receive eternal life, but Romans 8 and 6 points out how to be victorious in the salvation that we have received through the love of Jesus Christ. Now to set our mind, that is, our self on the flesh, then for us is death. Uh, to set our mind or ourself on the spirit, then for us is life and peace. I often hear people uh, talk about their struggle with peace. They're, they're struggling. Some people say that they, if, if one more thing happens, then they're going to lose their mind. If one more thing happens, uh, then, then that's it. They're just going to throw in the towel. I know people who testify that they were on the brink of suicide because they felt like they could take no more. Their mind was focused on self or on the flesh and because your mind is focused on the flesh death then by result becomes your portion because that is the choice that you are making this is why depression sets in because your mind is focused on the flesh this is why suicide comes in because your mind is focused on the flesh your mind is focused on the very thing that is dying and because it is dying the focus of your life becomes death and that is why suicide ends up becoming your portion now understand this the mind is quite neutral it's on the fence as they would say it may turn toward the flesh or it could turn toward the spirit now the story of the garden of Eden uh, is apropos for what we're talking about here because free will can make either of two choices you can choose the tree of knowledge uh, which means death but to choose the tree of life means life. So we are between these two choices. We are essentially neutral to life and death until you make a choice. The issue then depends on what choice you make uh, or what your attitude is. Uh, you see, uh, this can become personified sin representing Satan uh, in the flesh 
flesh or the triunity of God uh, which is in the spirit after we are saved and the mind sets itself on the things of God so the secret I'm going to tell you a secret you ought to put in the comment section a secret is coming a secret is coming a secret is coming the secret then of life or death is dependent upon your cooperating with the spirit or with the flesh so you thought it was going to be something mind-boggling but it is actually quite simple whatever you set your mind on is what your portion will be calm down bishop i'm trying i really am but when we cooperate with the flesh we have death and when we cooperate with the spirit we become partakers of God and God is not dead he is alive so when we cooperate with life we become alive now let's talk about then what it is we're feeling when we sense uh, or, or taste uh, death how do we know that we are tasting death and when I talk about tasting death I'm talking about tasting the very things that are connected to self born after the flesh which is corruptible seed which cannot do anything but die we know by sensing it death gives us a certain kind of inward feeling one such sense is that of emptiness we sense death when we feel empty within ourselves if I was to testify to you prior to my knowledge of Christ there were times when I felt empty when I felt like there was just nothing in me another sense that uh, death gives us is a sense of darkness uh, which is probably why now I like all the lights on because I don't like that feeling of being in darkness uh, and when we sense darkness within us we sense death death also gives us the feeling of uneasiness which includes a, a level of restlessness and a sense of disturbance within our inner being something that we cannot be settled upon and this is a sense of nothing soothing within us, a sense of everything being in a state of friction and in a place of chaos where there's no peace, there's no rest, there's no comfort, and there is no calm. Another sense of death is weakness. Often we say this, we testify to this, we speak this into our own atmosphere. I cannot bear it any longer. I cannot take this any longer and this indicates then an expression a, a verbal expression of the weakness that we sense on the inside of us we have no strength no force no weight to stand against the frustration of our circumstance and finally death gives us a sense of depression of oppression of suppression and all of these pression cousins uh, that we deal with we deal with because we are weak and it is easy for us to be depressed why it is because our mind is set on the flesh and the flesh will only result in death it will only result in emptiness darkness uneasiness weakness and depression all these things are a, a, a sense or a taste of death uh, we know death within us when we sense the emptiness the darkness and the 
uneasiness, the weakness, and the depression. This kind of sense proves that we are in the flesh and standing or agreeing or cooperating with the flesh. When things are, are, are amiss in your life and you're trying to assess where it is that you stand, you ought to just look at how you are feeling. This is the one time that feelings become important because how you feel about a thing points to what you're cooperating with, whether it is your flesh unto death or God unto life. But this sense of death really comes from the sense of life. Now suppose a person is truly dead, a corpse, you know, a real dead person. They would not have any sense of emptiness, darkness, or uneasiness, and all these things that I've identified. Uh, why? Because they're dead. They don't have no life. But if they have life within them, though the life may be sickly and weak, they still have a certain sense of emptiness and darkness. So they are able to sense all these things because they are still a living person. And as a living person, they are contacting death. And it is the life that is within them that gives them the scent or the taste of death. One of the functions and purposes of the Senses of life is to sense the taste of death itself and sensing the taste of life and peace then becomes vitally important to us the sense of death is only something on the negative side but I'm here to tell you that because God is God he established before the creation of all things the ability to be connected to one of two outcomes. I've described for you the negative, the fleshly, or that which is born or derived from the sense of death. Let me give you some good news because there is a positive side, or let me flip the coin for you as they would say, because there is a sense of life and peace that you can choose to be connected to. What is this sense or taste of life and peace? Well, first of all, it contrasts with emptiness there is satisfaction and fullness we sense that we are satisfied with the Lord we are full in his presence we're neither thirsty nor are we hungry second we sense the light of God's glory shining on the inside of us which is the opposite of darkness and along with our inward satisfaction we have the light shining within us every corner and every avenue of our being are full of light. Every part is transparent. Nothing is then op opaque. Then in contrast to uneasiness we have peace which soothes all of our disturbances. Peace comes with rest. Peace comes with comfort. Peace comes with ease. Peace is a sense a choice of our cooperating with the spirit of life that is flowing in our body there is no feeling or friction or controversy then because of this instead of weakness strength becomes your portion it is in my weakness that he will make me strong 
strength versus weakness is this taste of the sense of life. We feel the full strength and the full power of life. There is a living dynamo within us and it seems as if there is uh, not only one motor but four motors operating on the inside of us. Sometimes we feel the horsepower of a million horses. There's a real strengthening within us uh, that overcomes uh, all of our weakness uh, which causes us uh, not to care about some stuff. Uh, for some of you married folk, uh, you'll stop caring about the long face on your spouse. Uh, if your spouse disagrees with you, you'll just say hallelujah. Your spouse will not upset you or cause you to lose your temper because you are strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Uh, you are not light but you, uh, and weak, but you are weighty and full of power. Nothing can turn you upside down, not even them that are closest to you. Praise the Lord for this sense of inner life and peace. And finally, in contrast with depression, we have full liberty through the flowing of life we are not only liberated but we are also transcendent above all oppression all of the oppression cousins none of them can suppress us the more the depression comes the more we are in the heavenlies and this is how we perceive life in peace we simply perceive them by sensing them and we sense them because we have life this life within us is a flowing life and through the flowing of life we are living and in the presence of God Therefore, we have the deep inward sense that we are satisfied, we are enlightened, we are strengthened, we are comforted, we are uplifted, we are liberated, and we are transcendent. And the more we are in the fellowship of life, the more you will sense that life in you. And the more you sense that life, the more you will enjoy increased fellowship with that life. These two are always experienced in cycles. That is the more fellowship of life, the more the sense of life. The more the sense of life, the more the fellowship of life. It is cyclic by nature and this is wonderful. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. The fellowship and the sense of life become byproducts of the power of resurrection that is working in you and the main riches of, of the power of this process of resurrection is God himself, Christ as life, the divine nature the law of life and the anointing of the Holy Ghost and from these riches issue the secondary but practical things which is the fellowship of life and the sense of life people of God I'm here to tell you right now that when you are struggling and you're going through circumstances in life you really it all boils down to this I have a choice to make so my question to you is what choice will you make will you cooperate with your flesh and experience or sense the things of the flesh which is death unto you or will you cooperate with the spirit of God which is life which elevates you above your trouble which causes you to be transcendent that means
means in, in street terms, your trouble can't touch you. Uh, it's just like MC Hammer said, you can't touch this. I'm transcendent. You can see me, but you can't touch me. You can try, but it'll just go through me because I'm transcendent. I'm with God. I'm hid in God. God covers and keeps me, so I will not be moved by anything. Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This is the power of life in you. This is the power of God's grace functioning practically in your life. You have the power to exercise in this life the taste of life and peace or the taste of death. I don't know about you and I don't care what nobody say. I don't care how you dress it up. Liver is nasty. The taste of it, the texture of it, it's nasty. And no matter what you do, you will never make it taste good to me. This is the attitude that you ought to have about death. You see, death has dressed itself up. I remember my mother used to try to make us eat liver and I was so thankful for my sister's dogs because they ate liver. She would put bacon and onions and all kinds of stuff around it and we would eat the bacon and we would eat the onions but we would even notice in doing that that the flavor of the bacon and the flavor of the onions was slightly altered because it touched the liver. So something of the liver came over into the bacon, but you could still kind of tolerate it. Here's the issue that we face, people of God. Something of death has touched you and it's trying to transfer itself. And you keep holding on to it. Even though you would openly say, I will not cooperate with death because we've dressed it up. Many of us, that's exactly what we're doing. We're cooperating with death. And we're not experiencing the power and the liberation that we have because Jesus, the divine life, is focusing, flowing, operating in and through us. God himself Hear me, people of God. God himself. God. Everything that is God is flowing in and through you. Hallelujah. 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 This is the joy of being in fellowship with God. You have a choice to make today. Will you choose life and peace? Or will you choose death? Hit the intro. Welcome to GMFC Studios. God's production company.